Welcome to Pro Soccer Weekly. Pro Soccer Weekly. Welcome to Pro Soccer Weekly. My name is Phil Nasons. I'm joined by my co-host Eric Laurendini and Gary Lewis, and we're here to talk all things professional soccer and soccer betting. Guys, what's happening on a Thursday? Good evening, Philip. Uh, good evening, Eric. Everything's good over here, Everything. apart from the weather. Yes. That's normal. Um, yeah, everything's good. Yeah, looking forward to the show. Everything's good. What's up, Eric? Good afternoon to you both, gentlemen. Hope you've had a good week so far. Not as good as Gaz's weekend. Wow, that is true. We we really gotta give him some props for that one. Well, I didn't want to, but I have to. I think I think I think we're tied almost. Like we're like a percentage point apart now. Eric's still at first, but you did it. You made some great calls. Uh, I think you and I did join each other on one draw that was like plus three ten. This soccer betting is a beautiful thing, man, because these draws, if you get one or two, woo! That's yeah, well, I mean, you know, coming coming off the back of a um, pretty poor week for me uh, the week before um, that we, we obviously addressed in detail last week, uh, <laughs> which I wasn't too happy about, but <laughs> you take the rough with the smooth. Um, no, I mean... I had a little bit more time last week to uh, to actually sit down and go through um, a lot of what Eric was was saying, you know, in terms of the um, the, the 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 home factor, you know, the home advantage. Um, at least, you know, from to all intents and purposes, looks like it's a thing of the past. Um, you know, it, it wasn't so obvious in uh, in La Liga, uh, but I think that we expected that anyway. Um, so, you know, obviously, sort of digging into a little bit more background and research and things like that. And, you know, although, you know, the, the results, uh, you know, wins and, and away wins are, you know, where, where a lot of money's made, you know, the, uh, the actual total of goals and, um, you know, other factors that, um, you know, we, we base our research and our picks on, um, obviously came to fruition. So, you know, it was a, yeah, it was a good week for us. Really good week. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not really, Feeling the uh, the German league as much as I was. Um, obviously now Munich have um, have, have uh, well they've obviously won the won the league um, at a canter um, with with plenty of games still to go. So um, I, I would imagine we'll see a, a bit of a sort of a downward trend on um, you know results, home results, and things like that. Maybe maybe going up as a result of Munich. Um, Winning the champions championship, obviously, there's still things to play for, but um, you know, we'll be. Um, I think we'll have to sort of take a little bit more of an interest now into what's coming out in the news. You know, there's uh, there's been different different injuries happen, and um, you know, teams with the smaller squads are starting to struggle and feel it a little bit after you know three four weeks in to the restart, which again is is, is to be expected. Um, obviously, my team, Hertha. Um, you know, started started like a racing car, um, and then obviously they were on the end of um, um, I think it was four one. Yeah, uh, it was a red card at, at home. Uh, well, that changed the game. I mean, I, I watched the first half, and 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 Hertha had um, you know the majority of the play. Right, it was one uh, nil. Right, it was one nil at halftime. It, it it was one nil up until the uh, the red card. I mean, Boyata was over here. He was um, he was with Man City, and his um, his temperament was was always in question. Um, I think he got a yellow card on five, the fifth or sixth minute, something like that. Um, and then obviously it took a, took a second 
um, on a stroke of half time and, and that changed the game completely. I mean, Frankfurt weren't even in the game and scored four in the second half. So, you know, it was, um, I'm, you have a look at the, the, the stats and you see there's an awful lot of red cards happening in the Bundesliga at the moment, whether that's, you know, missed time tackles and things like that, let players not as sharp and as fit as they, they were prior to the pandemic and what have you. But um, yeah, it's uh, certainly a, a strange league to, to sort of have a, have a bet on at the moment. That's, it, that's the case. You know, I'm over Paderborn, by the way. Uh, I went for that game. <laughs> and, and, and I'm over that game, that. you know, because they beat me the week before on that draw. And, and then I, I, I said, you know something, I'm ahead so I can go for this. I did it, and then I regretted it at halftime. By halftime, I was like, what in the world is sorry asses? I'm not going near <laughs> them again. But, you know, you mentioned this very true. Uh, Eric keeps stats for us on some of these things. And it was the red cards, because you, you sent me a text, Eric, um, laughing at me because I had my tooth pulled and making my, my mouth bleed. And then the red cards, you were complaining about the red cards. He said, these damn red cards. Is it, how, since you guys played at that level, I, I never did, um, at least not soccer, uh, how do you avoid them? Can they be avoided? Can you handicap a game? and kind of try to anticipate who's going to get red cards because that, that crushed us this week. I, I don't think that that's a, a possibility. There's so much human element and, and situation in, involved uh, in quite often in, in getting cards. You know, I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, maybe the ref's quick with a yellow uh, and maybe it didn't really warrant it, could have gotten away with a warning uh, sometimes an early yellow card leaves a ref in a position where you do actually go in and make a dangerous foul or or foul that might warrant a yellow card later on in the match. Now all of a sudden it turns into a in, into a red card. Um, I, I just think that between lacking fitness levels, um, between just the adrenaline, the excitement, uh, being in the moment, uh, it, it it it's it's very very difficult to determine or, or to anticipate where the red cards are, are going to come from, if they're going to come. But in these particular matches, they immediately and directly impacted the outcomes of those games. Um, and it may even extend into the next game because they'll be missing that particular player. Um, and if they were on the pitch, you have to assume that that player has uh, value to the team. And, uh, you know, they'll surely miss their services in the next match, possibly two. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think you can predict games based upon, uh, you know, whether there's going to be red cards uh, issued that will, that will directly impact the games. Well, that would, be, that would be it. If we could do that, we probably would have went undefeated. You know, and the same thing, and we're gonna, we'll have Bundesliga picks up on the site on Friday at philnasonshow.com. But uh, La Liga... That also, guys, there there were red flags. I, I watched some of those games this last weekend, and there were red flags in those games too. But I want to throw a couple things at you guys because you know more about this than I do. Now, the La Liga is known more for a lot less goal scoring, but they scored 18 goals over seven games on the weekend combined and 19, game, 19 goals over eight games this past during the week. Is that about normal for them? Because that's, what is that? That is about 2.5 goals per game, two goals per game. Is that normal for this league? Well, as as we spoke about last week, it's, it's, it's a league that's 
really easy to watch. It's um, yes, you know, it's, it's it's a technical league, so you know they play football in the right way. Um, you take, you know, we, we we alluded to it last week. Similar to to Germany with 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 Bayern and uh, Dortmund, you take the top two out of the equation. Obviously, Barcelona and Real, um, and and the sort of proximity in terms of points for the rest of the league. Then you know this this with with the restart, I think you, you, there's mitigating factors here. You, you know, we've had three three and a half four months off. These these players are keen to get back, and there's still so much to play for. Um, you know, there's a lot of draws in the in, in the in the Spanish league um, historically. Um, as we said last week, you don't win games by having the ball. You know, it's 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 what's in the top corner of the t- t- you know the TV screen. How many you've scored and how many they've scored. Um, so you know, I think y- y- obviously it's easy on the eye, but in terms of a goal threat, you know, it- it's never been a um, a massively high-scoring league. Because a lot of teams are, you know, like 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 I said with the league, a lot of teams are very similar and like to keep possession of the football. So once one team's got the ball, the other team will tend to sort of sit back and defend and you know try and pick the ball up somewhere, um, you know, through the possession, and then they'll keep possession of the ball. And it's you know it's it's tip for tap really, and you know very little chances created in some of the games I've been watching. Um, it's been more counter-attacking goals. But um, you know, the, I think the interesting thing it, it wasn't it wasn't following the the trend of Germany. You know, I think out of the um, the, the ten games, there was there was four home wins, uh, three draws, um, and three away wins. So obviously the home teams come out on top. Well, obviously it was a different story with Bundesliga. Um, you know, this week the um, there's there's it's been quite a high scoring um, sort of draw count in terms of. Um, you know the games that were played midweek. Uh, um, I think the most notable one was Atletico Madrid. I mean, I think they 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 surprised me last week going to Bilbao. I thought that would have been a score fest, and uh, you know it was uh, obviously ended up in a, in a draw. Yes, it did. And they've gone to. I'm sorry, I didn't. Gone mean... to Os- no, it's okay. I was just saying they've gone to Osasuna this week right. and backed that up with a, fi- a five nil away win. And, you know, so. They had it remains to be draws. seen. It remains to be seen. Yeah, exactly. I think it remains to be seen. I think we're going to have to give this league, you know, a couple of um, a couple of rounds before we really sort of start seeing any trends, you know, which you know in in either direction. So um, I'd rather watch this league definitely. They, they, you know, from what I'm seeing, that the, the players have come back a lot sharper, uh, moving the ball a lot more. Like I say, it's easy on the eye, and it always was. But you know, they've come back an awful lot sharper than um, than the the German guys did. Well, they do. Um, you know, that's the, I talked. I mentioned that last week about all the draws. Atletico has thirteen draws. I didn't mean to interrupt you. There's a little bit of a delay here, and I apologize for that. Um, at the end of the day, you've got this week though. When you're talking about the La Liga, you've got Atletico, and they're playing Bel. What is it, Betis? And uh, bet how many draws has Betis had this year? Real Betis. They've had uh, oh geez, ten. So you've got two teams that are predominantly and prominently walk off the pitch with a draw. So that's something that you might want to look at. Now, the lines are not out yet. But were there any surprises? What surprised you guys the most? Eric, you go ahead. What surprised you the most about this weekend's La Liga's, their first week back? Well, a few things. Um, You know, the first thing is they're actually playing matches (laughs) post-COVID-19. Who would have thought that Spain would have come out of this as quickly and as 
seemingly organized as it has and to be playing matches uh, almost as if there hasn't been a three-month layoff, you know? I mean, so that's a major surprise in itself. Uh, the red cards, uh, again, not a ton of red cards because it's not a big tackling league. It's not, uh, you know, a lot of the physicality. Like Gaz said earlier, it's a lot of posturing, a lot of moving the ball around, keeping shape, uh, you know, picking and choosing your your moments. Um, two of the ten matches that were played on the weekends had red cards in those two matches. The outcomes were dramatically, in my opinion, changed, um, you know, for, for those matches. I uh, wasn't happy about them because I had them those matches going the other way. A um, couple of other things, you know, uh, they're playing with computer-generated crowds, uh, which, you know... <laughs> yeah, computer-generated crowds, that kills me. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, you take that for, for, for what you want. You know, some people will like that. You know, some people like, you know, hearing all the other things going on. You know, it's not the same, though, computer-generated crowds as the real crowd. It's definitely not the same thing. And... Um, uh, just on an individual uh, player basis, we've got uh, Barcelona's 17-year-old uh, Ansu Fati. Um, he's scored five La Liga goals on only 10 shots. Um, and he contributed again um, this past weekend uh, in their match. He's a player for certain to watch out for. He's going to have some future um, in this league or, or otherwise. Yeah, that's the La Liga. And you're right, though, Gas. It's a, it's a much more technical league. I, I like it better than the Bundesliga, and we did okay with that, though. When you think about it, and the reality is, with the Bundesliga, is everything is out of. I mean, is all Bayern Munich and everybody else is just trying to play catch up. So I think that has a lot to do with their motivation. But uh, you mentioned the crowds. Can you imagine the crowds in a tennis match, with the piped-in crowd, and the computer-generated crowd? And the chair umpire will say, "Shh, <laughs> Mr. Nason's ready to serve." Oh my <laughs> god! I would be happy though I without think, the crowd. Yeah, I, li- I listen. I, the one of the um, <clears throat> one of the biggest things I, I, I mean, I watched the um, I watched the uh, the Sevilla, the El, El Gran Derby, as, as as they call it over there in the uh, in the Sanchez Pijuan Stadium, um, obviously home of Sevilla. That place. That place is like uh, a cauldron. Um, the, 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 it's, it's, it, you know, it's a quite a tight stadium, and the fans are on top of you. A couple of tears, but everybody's sort of, um, you know, in each other's faces. And it's, uh, I remember, man, you went over there a couple of years ago, and they, you know, you could, you could, you could feel the, the atmosphere on the television, let alone hear it. And you know, you could hear a pin drop on, um, on Friday last week. Um, Thursday, Friday, whenever it was last week, um, when when they started, obviously Sevilla won won the game two nil. Um, Eric was alluding to the kid at, um, at, at Barcelona. There, Fati, he's a good player. I've seen I've seen a lot of him in the uh, next generation um, leagues over here. Um, obviously, before the the pandemic, which is basically the the um, the under 18s or the 23s will come over when you know Barcelona are playing against whoever. Um, you know, the under-23s will play the same game. Um, the under-18s or whatever it may be will, will play the same game. And this this kid looks um, looks something special, as Eric said. But um, one of the one of the um, notable performances um, for um, for Bet uh, sorry for Sevilla 
was Lucas uh, Ocampos. Now we've uh, we've heard about him uh, over here for a, a while, and he's never really sort of kicked on, got going. But his performance on um, on in the derby, it cha- he changed the game. He was absolutely brilliant. He was pulling the strings. He was the puppet master, really. Um, and it was the first time, obviously, because you know, I follow other leagues, but it was the first time I actually watched the game and actually saw him sort of dominate the ball. He was good in and out of possession. He basically led everybody uh, in the severe side, um, you know, and took the ball by the horns. Uh, if you pardon me, Pum, coming from uh, from the the Spanish league, but he was he was outstanding. Um, you know, there, there's been big talk this week about obviously, you know, the, the Premier League starting uh, as it did last night, and and you know, it was. You know, blatantly obvious that the the, the crowds, you know, you, as we we've spoke about before, you know, players feed off that. And you know, there was there was quite a bit of noise at the Etihad Stadium last night with uh, with Man City. Um, I'm not sure. I've not read whether they've actually put speakers in the in the in the stands to create a little bit of noise, but it sounded a lot louder, uh, as if there was some kind of atmosphere there than the um, the, the 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 earlier game at, at Villa Park with uh, with Aston Villa and uh, and Sheffield United. That was pretty. It was a pretty poor game, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the players looked a bit nervous, obviously with it being the Premier League and you know following the Bundesliga and La Liga and things like that. The quality in the um, in the the, the City Arsenal game was uh, certainly from a, a Man City point of view was uh, was exceptional, in my opinion. It was great to see them back. Obviously, being a Man U fan, uh, not so great, but it's you know they're another team that are really easy on the eye. Arsenal, as bad as. You know, as as great as City were, Arsenal were were as poor for for periods of the game. And obviously, you know, David Luiz coming on um, as a sub and then getting a straight red card. Obviously, he was at fault for the first goal, so it wasn't a good evening for him. But you know, City looked really sharp last night under the lights. I know they did. You, I would. You know what happened though? Uh, that was a weird thing with a ten minute uh, extra time. But uh, back to the La Liga before we get back into the EPL. Something that I read this morning, the players, they say, and they weren't very happy about it, is they say you can hear everything. They can hear the coaches, and you can hear the coaches yelling instructions where when you, when the place is full, you may not hear it all, but they can hear them from one end of the pitch to the other, a coach is whatever. And they say that that kind of puts them off a bit. What do you think about that? Is that something that's that's a valid complaint? I don't know because I feel like if who cares what they hear, you still got to stop them. Listen, verbal barbs have been a part of sports since the beginning of time. Oh, we're going to get into okay. that, are we? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, smack talking. I don't know anything about it. So go ahead. You talk. You go ahead. Well, I mean, it's, it's you, you don't oh, know anything oh, about oh, it. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I can't see you, Phil, but I can, I can, I can sense your nose getting bigger. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's I, my I smile, be, too, is big too. right now. <laughs> listen, it. listen it, it's been used for decades to gain a competitive advantage. It's widely, it's widely accepted by athletes as a legitimate part of sports. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, by law of the game, technically, you're not allowed to defame or malign an opponent or use disparaging or vulgar language. We, we get that. Right. I mean, come on. You, you're in the heat of the moment. You're trying to get into your opponent's head. You're going to do whatever you need to do in the moment to get you through that moment and on to the next. I mean, 
it, it, it's all relative to the event at hand, the competitive spirit or the battle. Um, you know, like I said, it's widely used and accepted. The intent is basically to annoy one's opponent. You know, these efforts are, are, are not apparent or always easily detected by the referee, especially when you have 70,000 fans screaming constantly. You know, a lot of these things just go by because they don't necessarily handle it. It, it. You hear it. It's a big pitch. But, I mean, just to reference a couple of scenarios, Muhammad Ali, one of the great trash talkers in sports mm-hmm. of all time. Okay, I mean, he made a career out of out of verbally bashing his opponent. And then from a soccer specific uh, perspective, it, you, to be fair, though, it, it wasn't a bad boxer as well to back it up. No, well, that's the but that's the key to absolutely. talking smack, though, is you got to be able to back it up. If you don't back yeah, yeah, it up, walk the walk, talk the talk. Yeah, oh, yeah, of yeah. course, hundred percent. Yeah, he was all right with his hands. Of, yeah, absolutely. a little bit. But yeah, again, he was okay. For, yeah. we, with that said, any any of these guys on one of these professional pitches playing at this level is pretty darn good himself. Right. So so do you need it? No. But is it part of the game? Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, go back to the 2006 World Cup with, with Zidane um, headbutted um, Matarazzi. Right, right, right. Correct. I remember that. Right. Okay. And that was supposedly all because he insulted his sister or his mother or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it, it was it, both. Maybe it was, yeah. Because it it may be the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, you know what? But but see, right there, that's exactly what a a successful smack talking does. You get inside his head. He's already kind of fragile as it is. And and watch him go off. That's because a lot of guys can't play angry. That's something that... And he's one... And and he he was... And he's probably one of the best players ever to kick a ball. Exactly. So, as as Eric's saying, I I agree 100%. If you're... You know, it's, it's any type of advantage for the cause that you can you can you can get. You get under somebody's skin. You know, you rile them. You know, you you, you sort of annoy and and lull them into a false sense of you know fear or whatever it may be, just to put them off that yard or that or the step or whatever it may be. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. And and you know, listening to managers and uh, coaches and you know other influences that are in the stadium on a, on, on a normal, on a normal, um, you know, fixture. It's, it wasn't really that apparent last night anyway, because, you know, I think there was a lot of cameras that were, uh, that were dimmed over here, um, purely on the basis that, you know, the, the English premier league is renowned for the amount of swearing that goes on. I mean, <laughs> right. for me, for me, for me, it's like, you know, well, well, you know, there's, you think about how many English players are actually, in, in the teams and things like that. And obviously, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a huge foreign contingency over here. I'm actually, um, I'm actually interested in, in figuring, you know, to see who actually does these stats and how many languages they actually speak, you know, because you've got that many sort of nationalities in this, right, in, right. In, in the Premier League over, over here. How do you know who's saying, who's saying what, when and where? Yeah. You know, um, I have a, you know, I have a story for that though. Um, FIFA sent the referees to Corfu for training, and they stayed at our resort. There was a referee named Colina, the ball-headed guy. Anyway, I got to know them a little bit, and they let me come and work out with them, and those guys are amazing, right? You know that every referee and every every person that's on the field with the guys, every official has a list of words that they use, and they go over them in those big meetings of what guys are saying because, right. you know, guys are calling people 
well, guys are calling other guys whores, um, all kinds of things. And it's not nice. But the greatest thing of all, though, is, or I would say the worst crap examples of crap talk is when you speak one language to and talk crap to a guy who doesn't understand you. What's the difference? What's the point? How are you going to get in my head if I don't understand it? Good point. 100%. See, you're, you're talking to a guy who was pretty decent at it at one point in his life. I'm not that way anymore, obviously. But, uh, oh, God. In tennis, singles, you can't do it too much. Singles is more physical. Like Boris Becker. Becker had this big chest. And he would serve and cough. <coughs> or when he was walking, when you would change sides and go to your chairs, he would get in the way. And he was big. And he had a big barrel chest and he would bump you and that kind of thing. That in singles. But in doubles, people say things. You know, it's a very incestuous world, the tennis world, because we all know each other. And when that happens, you know things that most people don't. And you can really get under people's skins that way. I'm not going to give any examples, but suffice to say, <laughs> I could write a book on it, and I may. Really? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that'll be your next book. Yeah, I've still got a couple more to go. I, I want to get those betting ones out of the way. But I think it's going to be in the tennis one when I, when I do the tell-all. That one's going to be interesting. That one I'll even give away to a couple people. But uh, at the end of the day, people don't like it, though. You know, if you're not a part of sport and you hear that, and people are complaining because they're cussing at each other and calling each other names, they're shocked by it, they being fans. And, and I guess that's what the crowd does is cover up a lot of that stuff. But a lot of those red cards, if you pay close attention, there's usually somebody's lip before that red card hits. Correct in in soccer. One hundred percent. Now, yeah, did, now when you played, Gary, did you do it? Um, I'd be lying if I said no. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, like I said before, the, any advantage that you can get. I mean, I, I, people used to wind me up. Um, I remember a, a game we were playing uh, against Liverpool. Um. And we, we were we were winning by two goals at, at their their stadium. This was when I was under eighteen, um, and we we were playing and and they they had an Italian kid in in midfield who they paid some money for. Um, this is this is probably back um, nineteen ninety eight ninety nine something like that, um, maybe even earlier than that. And, and we were two 0 up and we were we were flying. We were enjoying ourselves, having a really good game, and and and, and actually. You know the better team against against Liverpool. Um, I was playing on the wing at the time, and and, and there was a um, my, my my fullback, left fullback, Paul Barrow, one of the hardest, toughest uh, left backs, uh, not just left backs, but players that I'd, I'd ever I've ever played with. Um, the Italian guy wasn't playing too well, um, and you know we were we were winding him up and we were getting in his face, and you know not not allowing him any time on the ball anyway. He's um, he's gone in on on um, on on our fullback and uh, and broke his shin, um, and at that that, that that point I I lost my head as well, and I, the next tackle I flew in flew in on him, and the, the bedlam ensued, and <laughs> you know I, the tackle. I mean, obviously you know me, Phil. I'm not the biggest guy in the world, right? But um, you know the. the there was something, there was a red mist that sort of descended and, you know, I'm not condoning it in any way because that's it's certainly not the way to, to, to go. But um, that was a case of us winding them up and, you know, it's it sort of backfiring on us. Um, the, the tackle that I, I made on him actually hurt me more than it did him. And I, I subsequently got sent off um, and, and I didn't play again for, I think it was something like two months. 
Um, I was I, I wasn't happy with the decision and X, Y, and Z. But you know, it's it's all to do with how you how you actually take the the, the negative abuse and you know the, the what we call the wind up merchants. You know, we we all know them, we all knew them, and as I'm sure all the profession, top professionals in the Premier League know who to stay away from, who's going to wind you up, who's going right. to get in your ear, who's going to who's going to pinch you and you know and tickle you or whatever it may be just to get your attention. Um, I think it does have an effect. It, it, it really does, you know, and you, and you can see it even at the, at, the, at the highest level. You know, sometimes the red mist does descend and, you know, for, from a, an opponent's point of view, it's, it's job done for them and that's the advantage that they might need to sort of go on, go on and win the game. So, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. It happens to everybody. Yes. It used to happen to me more often than not because um, I used to like to give people the full flash experience. You know, um, and <laughs> did, did, did we have that in Sam's last year? <laughs> you know what? I think we did. We were playing pool, but uh, whatever. But you know what? But that was a lot of fun. I was. I don't think I did it there. But uh, you and I were teammates, right? But uh, Gaz, correct. But, uh, the thing is, I I don't condemn it. <laughs> I don't condone it. I try to stay out of the way. I can tell stories that were that where this turned out awful, and you know the the thing is now, and, and I was. I played before social media. So if I had social media, oh my God. I, I mean, and this is, I played before the internet. So, I mean, they can find all kinds of things on the internet. We had to actually work for it when I was there. But yeah, that's that's part of it. That was a listener's question. We have one more and then we're going to finish the show with the EPL. And, and I guess we'll let Eric tell the story because he met me first. Um, one of our listeners asked how we met each other because they say we have this amazing camaraderie and this great uh, flow between the three of us. And so go ahead, Eric. How did we meet? I, I would have to agree with that listener because they are spot on. You know, when, when you meet somebody and you get a feeling about <clears throat> that person, you know, it, it, it's exactly what, what happened here. You know, we first met Phil and, and you know, Gaz, you can certainly, you know, chime in your two cents after. Um, honestly, only a little less than a year ago at, at Brookwood Sports Academy. Mm -hmm. It's the summer of 2019. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been a crazy year since then, obviously, the last few months for everybody. Uh, but I, I felt that uh, the connection was, uh, was immediate. Uh, Phil was, was an incredibly likable guy always extremely positive and, and filled with great stories. I mean, there's really, there's really nothing better than meeting someone who's got the right attitude and has great stories to tell. Um, you know, since, since last summer, we've sort of kept in touch, um, you know, off and on over that period of time, everybody went in their own direction, uh, after the summer had ended. And, uh, you know, we decided, uh, you know, it fills, um, uh, I guess pushed a little bit and we were interested, decided to try doing a podcast. Uh, we did one, uh, I believe the end of January. So just prior to the Super Bowl, uh, it was, it was well received. Uh, and, and we all thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it was a great new experience, uh, for Elise Gaz and, and myself, old, old hat for, uh, for Phil. Uh, and we, we decided to continue, um, like everybody else, the coronavirus hit. Uh, and, um, you know, we've been going through that, but now we're on our eighth, uh, weekly podcast. We're making some great picks. We're getting our subscribers some bank and, uh, you know, it's just great. You know, that's, that's my story on how, how I met Phil. 
Uh, does anybody care about my story about how I met Gats? Yeah, why not? Why, yeah, that'd be that's right. an interesting one. <laughs> well, okay, how long Gats? have we got? <laughs> <laughs> it's taken away Gats. from the English Premier League, but that's okay. This is better. Correct. Gats in our Gats in my history goes back a bit longer. Um, we actually came together via a mutual friend slash business associate by the name of Ian Shaw, a.k.a. Shorty. Um, I'd say the first summer that we were together was the summer of 2012. Uh, we ran a, a camp, uh, a couple camps together on Long Island. Um, it turned out we had some other mutual uh, business associates that we had worked with at uh, different times. Uh, and since that summer, you know, we've embarked on numerous projects, uh, you know, together, including ID camps on Long Island, uh, several camps in the greater Toronto, Canada area. Uh, we've had several players that have been identified and offered uh, professional trials uh, out of that. Um, and we've been doing the soccer education at Brookwood uh, Summer uh, Soccer Summer Academy since 2013. Um, in addition to running those camps and programs, we've facilitated some tours to the UK uh, together. Um, our business relationship really has grown into a friendship beyond the business. Uh, Gaz is an annual guest uh, in our home uh, on Long Island, where he's considered part of the family. Uh, when we first started working together, uh, it was it was much like when first meeting Phil. You get a good feeling about someone, and you just go with it, and it takes you on to bigger and better times. And that's my story. There you go, Gaz. So when, when Eric called, now I can tell you this, I met Eric outside my bunk. I didn't even know they had a soccer. When I went to Brookwood, I hadn't been there in almost 20 years. And then Brian Levy, they had the, the trailer. Now, when Scotty asked me where I wanted to stay, I didn't think they still had that. So I said, you know what, I'll just stay in a bungalow. I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. And then I saw that they had the trailer and I didn't say anything. I just, whatever, I don't care. But then, like two minutes into our conversation, Eric says, yeah, you can stay here with us. I said, nah, I've already moved twice since I've been here. That's enough. I'm okay where I am. But uh, he was talking about you, Gaz, and he said, we got to get together. You, kept, you guys kept trying to get me to go out. And, and the thing is, is what you didn't know is that I was also handicapping baseball games because I have a full-time job. And, you know, I'm retired from tennis. So uh, that's why I didn't. And then I did one time, and that was kind of a great time. And, and I, was, I was looking forward to... Uh, being there this summer again to hang out with you guys, I would have hung out more often for sure. I would have hung out in the trailer more often for sure. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it and I got the same feeling right away. You know, but you know me, I don't speak a whole lot. People think I do, but I can sit there all for three weeks and not talk to nobody because I'm trying to figure out who's who. You know, who's good. <laughs> and, and because of who, because of the job that I have, I always have to wonder: Is this the one that's going to hurt me? You know what I mean? But you guys didn't. I've had a great time. And I've loved this. My idea was to get you guys on a podcast and to get you to do this because I knew right away that you knew your stuff. And, you know, it turned out really good. And, Gas, when Eric called you and said, I met this nut, what did you think? <laughs> well, I mean, I I'm going to have to disagree with everything both of you have said. I just come for a vacation. Well, we know that already, yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and, and well, I think an eight, nine year vacation. So, uh, <laughs> no, listen, um, you know, I, I everything that Eric said, um, you know, we were introduced through a mutual friend. Um, you know, that 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 is history. Um, I, I we've we've got other sort of business interests uh, as a result of our 
friendship and closeness um, completely away from sport. Um, and then obviously last year, um, once I'd figured out my schedule and I, I, I was, you know, had my dates ready for, for coming to Brookwood, um, I couldn't actually come out on the on the week that you arrived. And obviously I had to arrive the following week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric was sort of waxing lyrical. I've met this guy, I've met this guy, Phil. You know, I'm, I'm starting getting worried at, at one point. I'm thinking he keeps talking about this guy. You know what I mean? I'm like, what's his wife going to think? What's his wife going to think? I hope, he, I hope he's told Carol. So, uh, so uh, I, I actually, I, I think I, I think I already knew you before I actually arrived on camp. All right. So, um, you know, obviously we spent the, the two, three weeks there and, um, you know, it, it, I, everything that Eric had said, you know, as we, as we spoke about last week, you know, there's, there's, there's people who you, you've known for, 20 years and you don't quite trust them uh, and it's people you know you've known for 20 minutes and you realize that you'd you'd go into business with them tomorrow um and i think that was the case with um with us i, I mean me and eric me and eric sort of um we, we we're, we're almost like brothers in terms of we we know how each other feels especially more so when we're together you know we can read each other's mm-hmm. sort of emotions and feelings and things like that and you know, he'll tell me I'm wrong and I'll tell him I'm right and then he'll realise I'm right and then I'll realise he's right. And, you know, it's... Um, I, if, if Listen, if, if if Eric says he's met somebody and, um, you know, he's, he's, he's got a really good vibe about it, then then obviously I, I would go with that anyway and then obviously meet that person. And, you know, I think the rest is history. We, we, had, we had such a good summer there. I'm, I'm obviously borderline devastated that we're not there this year for obvious reasons. But, I mean... You know, we we speak every week. I think we speak every day on 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 text and WhatsApp mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think, you know, this is um, I've got there's a special feeling between the three of us, a good connection. And and I agree with 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 the listeners. It's um, you know, the camaraderie is something that you have to work on. Um, and you know, that it, it could take ten years, twenty years, ten minutes, twenty minutes to sort of build a rapport with uh, with 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 people. And um, you know, I think this has been uh, this has been, and I won't lie, I was nervous about doing doing this bef- uh, before we all started. You know, uh, as much as we know about soccer and, and and sport and tennis and you know whichever individual sports we've been involved in, you know, it, it was we're still we're still giving advice to people and and sort of giving giving our ideas and research and thoughts on you know where they should spend money and things like that. So. You know, for me, it was um, it was it, trusting you was was uh, an extremely easy thing to do. I'll, I'll never trust Eric because he's he's he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's my competitor. But um, you, you know, the, the trust between us is is fantastic, and and that only you know that only comes with the rapport that we've got. So um, you know, I think that's our story. Well, that that's just it, you know. Um, and, and I feel the same way. I, I knew right away I was going to do something with you guys. I didn't know what exactly, but I knew I wanted to do something with you too. And I'm glad that we were able to do that. But that's how we kind of met and hang out. And believe me, when you talk about trash talking, you know, when these two go at it, that's something else. I get a kick out of it personally. You know? <laughs> and, and, and we want to clear up one more thing. Uh, you know, last week on, somebody wrote and asked me why I allowed people to tease me about taking tablets. <laughs> okay. For, I'm not going to get into really? the whole story. But if you really know me, and not very many people do, and the only reason they know is because the people that own Brookwood know about my health history. I had a surgery. I had an accident on tennis court, and my mouth got banged up pretty good. Um, that's why I haven't been taking too many pictures. So when I have a surgery, it's a little different for me than most people, and they, these guys were very concerned about it, and they are blowing off a little steam, teasing me a little bit, because I made it through, <laughs> and, and I'm good, but that's why. But believe me, 
they, they there was not a, any malice in it at all. We're having a little fun, talking a little crap. And you know what? The EPL. I got to tell you, head and tails better. I watched the second half because I had surgery yesterday and I was a little tired. Um, I watched the second half in the Man City game. And uh, the difference in level of play and motivation and, and just uh, aggressiveness of the EPL, I, I, it's not been paralleled, at least for me, since the return of football post-corona or COVID-19. Am I wrong in saying that? Certainly not. Um, I think this, the, the, you know, there's a reason why it's, it's, it's uh, dubbed the best league in, in, in the world because it's got a mixture of everything. Uh, high intensity. The game's 100 miles an hour. It can be slowed right down. Uh, plenty of tackling, aggressiveness, high work rate, and a lot of extremely talented technical footballers. Um, I agree with what you're saying there, Phil. The uh, <clears throat> I think the Villa game, the the Villa Sheffield United game, obviously was the, was the early game. Um, probably more conscious of um, what was happening away from the the actual game. The you know that's the sort of um, reaction that, that, that the players were showing. There was a lot of nerves on the um, on the on the pitch, and obviously you know the two teams that. Um, uh, sort of opposite ends of the, the, the Premier League table. Villa are fighting for their lives. Sheffield United are pushing. Uh, you know, both teams were promoted last last year. Let's not forget that. Um, I think I, w- I would, you know, hasten to say Villa are, are a far bigger club. Um, but Sheffield United have got more of a sort of togetherness about them. And that's why they've done so well this year. Um, you know, it wasn't a great game to watch. The um, The pace was good. You know they 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 come out the blocks. Obviously, everybody's taking a knee before the uh, the start, which has got more headlines than the actual game. Um, you know there was a, an interesting incident when um, when the um, Villa goalkeeper comes for a, a cross and sort of steps back into his own goal, falls into the side net, and the ball with him. He's he's got hold of the ball, and his cameras all over the stadium, and the the actual um, the the VAR was in place last night and uh, apparently seven cameras couldn't pick it up. Now there was, um, you know, that would have mean it meant Sheffield United um, were, were, were a goal up and and there was commentators sat in the stands hundred yards away. who could clearly see that, you know, with their own eyes that, that it had crossed the line. Um, so that was really the, you know, the, the sort of two major talking points of the game, uh, the early game, but this Man City came out of the blocks last night, like, like they'd never been away. They, they, um, they obviously, if they'd have lost last night, Liverpool have got the chance to go to uh, Everton in the derby at the weekend um, and actually win the uh, win the title uh, at their, you know, the 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 the, the most fierce rivals, if you like, in, in obviously being in the same city. And obviously, that's not going to happen now. But I think um, Man, I think anybody, whoever played Man City last night, would have been on the receiving end. Uh, the first half, it, it, it wasn't great. Man City had a lot of the ball. Arsenal sat back, had a couple of uh, counter-attacks and things like that. David Luiz, come on. Um, Arsenal had a couple of injuries. I think Xhaka was stretched off um, with a with a, with a knee injury. Um, he was replaced. And then obviously, David Luiz comes off the bench. Um, missed times, uh, interception. It bounces off his hip, right into the path of um, Raheem Sterling, who, who buries the, the ball into the, uh, the Arsenal goal. That's 1-0. And then, Obviously, um, a little while after, he's um, he's got on the Mares has got on the wrong side of him, 
quite clever actually got on the inside of him and um you know he's no attempt to play the ball he's, he's brought Mares down and it, you know it was a, it was a straight red card it wasn't a great night for him um and obviously Phil Folden the youngster local kid um whoever everybody's raving about over here follows up with um with a a third um you know it, it was brilliant to see obviously you know man city man united rivals but um, you know, I love watching them play as I do Liverpool because it's it's very easy on the eye. It's, it's how we, how I certainly try and, and, and coach uh, the game to be played. So it's brilliant to see it back. Everybody's ready for uh, for Friday. Obviously, United are playing Tottenham as well, and um, you know the latest testing. There's, there's been 16 positive tests from you know a total of 8,700 uh, accumulated over the last three four weeks. So everything's everything's in place. Um, and, and we're all ready to go. Obviously, the two games last night were from, you know, the back end of uh, the the fixture list before the pandemic. So everybody's on an even keel now and ready and ready to go. Mike, can't wait. I can't wait too. There's going to be some good games. I'm going to be taking it easy this weekend. Eric, you got anything to add before we say goodbye to the folks? Yeah, listen. Uh, who can't be excited about the EPL coming back? I mean, the Bundesliga, La Liga, all all excellent leagues, but. You know the EPL just sets itself aside. You know, in, in so in so many ways, it just sets itself aside, and and uh, the following that they have around the world uh, is really going to um, you know carry them through the the remaining portion of the season. It's going to be it's going to be exciting, even though Liverpool's probably preconceived notion that they're going to win it. I think there's still going to be a battle for getting into those Champion League spots, and and. Uh, you know, so teams still have a lot to play for. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. We'll have picks up in the afternoon on Friday um, over at philnasonshow.com. And we're going to be doing even bigger things. We've got some great plans. Next week, we're going to talk a little more about the uh, MLS because they have the tournament in the bubble in Orlando. And it's going to be a great time. We want to thank you all for listening to this show, subscribing. We're getting a kick out of all your uh, emails of encouragement and your questions. And if you have any questions... Hit me at flash at cashwithflash.com. For Eric and Gary, I'm The Flash. Thanks for listening to Pro Soccer Weekly. You've been listening to Pro Soccer Weekly. Join us in our next installment for all of your pro soccer news on Pro Soccer Weekly. Pro Soccer Weekly. Pro Soccer Weekly.